Hello and welcome to Mirror Fighting One to Watch, our show every Tuesday introducing you to some of boxing's top prospects. I'm Rich Jones and this week I'm joined by Kez Ashfak, the bantamweight prospect breaking his way through the ranks under the guidance of Eddie Hearn. We talk about Kez's life in boxing, which extends all the way back to being a young kid inspired by Amir Khan and involves a number of years in the Great Britain setup. He was part of the GB squad ahead of London 2012 alongside Anthony Joshua, Luke Campbell. Didn't quite go to those games, but you know, learnt a lot from being around those guys and stayed in the amateur game until he went to the Rio Olympics before turning over after that. He's had some tests so far in his professional career, had one defeat against Mark Leach recently, but he's going to be back in action on the, the Anthony Joshua Kubrat Pulev undercard. He's expected to still do big things and we talk about dealing with that defeat and all his amateur experience. Kez's a, a, a really intellectual guy with a lot of uh, lot of interesting things to say, an interesting journey. And hope you enjoy the show. If you do, please like, subscribe, rate, leave a review however you're listening spread the word hope you enjoy it yeah so joined now by Kez Ashfak uh, Kez just want to go right from the start really um, yeah you started boxing at a pretty young age just how did it all come about how did uh, how did boxing start for you yeah so I started when I was eight years old but I had an interest in boxing I think I must have been about six years old so my cousin used to box before me doesn't box no more didn't turn pro any professional or anything but um I was always interested through through him and uh, my uncle. His dad said to me, "Listen, when you turn the right age, I'll take you to the gym." And when I turned eight years old, he took me to the gym. I loved it really. Um, it was one of those things that just came natural to me, and I noticed I had, I had some talent with it, and I stuck to it. And I was I always I was always the first one in the gym and the last one out. Yeah, it was you say you you were pretty good? I take it you took to it pretty quickly. It became apparent quite soon that that you had a talent for it. I guess. Yeah, so the coach that I was with at the time, he I must have been a couple of sessions in, and he said to me, you know what? He's got good hand-eye coordination. He's, he's got fast hands, fast on his feet. He's, he, he's a talented kid already. And he said that to my cousin. That was like only only a weekend. So from there, I guess, obviously when, when I heard that, it meant nothing to me. I thought maybe he's just, you know, saying it to make me feel better. <laughs> but yeah. um, turned out turned out down the line, that I, I, I did have some, uh, some talent and, you know, it's, it's been going great for me. Yeah, and you mentioned that you were sort of first in, last out of the gym kind of thing. Um, what was it about boxing that appealed so much when you were growing up? I mean, most kids sort of, you know, they obviously, you know, a lot of kids sort of do sport and then sort of fall out of love with it as they go through the sort of teenage years. What was it about boxing that, you know, you made you really sort of fall in love with it and, and stick with it and dedicate all that time to it when you were a kid? You know, for me, from honest with you, before it was ever about the boxing, I was just, I used to enjoy being around a good a good set of lads. We used to have a good time, a good laugh. And, you know, that was kind of where it kind of started off. Um, and with that came a bit of competitiveness between the lads to, to want to be the better boxer and, be, you know, keep winning and be the, be, be the best and all that sort of stuff. And it kind of it was just a natural progression. So I remember when, when the first time the coach asked me to, to, to spar, I looked at him and I thought, is, is he kidding? I, was, I wasn't sure if he was serious or not. And then, like I said, I sparred, and then he asked me about boxing, actually fighting. And again, I thought he was he wasn't being serious. But me being the way I am, I don't like to say no to a fight. <laughs> so that kind of got kind of got end end up in the ring. And even even in the ring, I remember thinking, "What am I doing here?" In my my first my first amateur fight. But like I say, um, confidence comes as 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 you get older, as you you know you start succeeding in in the sport as well. And it was a very natural progression. Yeah, and you mentioned that you sort of had an interest for the sport when you were really young, sort of six to seven. And I know you mentioned your cousin, but was was the interest just from him, or was it was it watching it on TV? Was there sort of 
anyone that you remember as the first one that sort of caught your eye and that, that got you into the sport and made you fall in love with it? So initial, like I said, it was just him. Yeah. But um, I remember around the same time, my co- I've, I've got quite a big family. My cousins, my brothers, they all used to get together to watch the big fights like the, the Mike Tyson fights and all that sort of stuff. And that, again, used to, I used to be interested. But I didn't really know much about boxing then. I wasn't really hugely interested at the time until I started boxing myself. But um, yeah, that I used to get... I used, to, I used to love the way boxing used to bring everyone together. And uh, that's something that still I love about boxing now, the big fights or my fight. It brings everyone together. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing that, that, that boxing does. And you mentioned that sort of early success. I think, was it 2011 that you first ended up on, on the Great Britain squad? Was What was that like? Tell us a bit about that. I guess, was it, was it quite daunting going in at first? And yeah, just tell, tell us about when you first got into yeah. the set up. So yeah, it was, I'm sure it was 2011, yeah, because I just won the gold medal in the Commonwealth Youth Games in the Isle of Man. I'm sure that was 2011, yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. Obviously, it was a tough process because back then, I'm not, they've changed it a little bit now, but back then it was, was very hard to get on the team. And I think out of about, must have been about 60 to 80 boxers who had trials all the way from, from England, Scotland and Wales, um, three or four of us got on. So every, there was three or, I think it was four different trials and every trial you'd notice there was less people being uh, called back every single time. And I was one of three or four that actually got on the team. Me, I think it was me, Joe Cordina, um, Anthony Fowler, and I think two weeks later, Anthony Joshua came on as well. Um, so it was a very select group and Sean McCaldrick as well. It was, it was a very select group um, that, that got put on the team and, I guess they saw something in, in, in me and, you know, I've been proving that, that that's something ever since. Yeah, and I guess it must have been all about London 2012 at that point. Was that just came a little bit too soon for you? That one obviously ended up at Rio four years later, but London 2012 yeah. a bit bit soon. Yeah, at that, at that point it was obviously 2012, a year to go. Um, and that was never really, I'd have loved to have been part of that team, but it was never really my um, my aim, reason being, there was Luke Campbell there, who was European champion. He'd won some medals all around, all around um, the world already. He was a world silver medalist for the Olympics. And uh, with me just having my first year as, as a senior, it was close enough to impossible to, to, to get past him. And I understood that. And that's why 2016 was my goal. Did you learn a lot from, from Luke and Anthony Joshua and some of the other guys that were on that, that team early on? Obviously, some guys that have gone on to achieve great things. What, what did you learn from them when you were, you were just in your first, you know, just got onto the GB team? Did you learn a lot from some of those guys? Amazingly, um, Luke Campbell, for example, he was around my weight, basically. And uh, we sparred together all the time. And that's something that's obviously some people, I, I say it now, it was natural back then. We spar day in, day out. But when I say it to people now, they're like, you spar Luke Campbell. You know, he's obviously he's made a huge, he's made a huge name for himself, Olympic champion, um, on the verge of becoming a, a world champion. Um, in my opinion, yeah, he's obviously obviously just sharing the ring of people like you, you, you learn huge amounts, and that's obviously kept me in good stead for um, the future. And yeah, Anthony Joshua, another person who you, you learn a lot. Obviously, not not sparring because I wouldn't want to spar Anthony Joshua, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but you learn a lot through um, just the way he is and how willing to learn is and like I say now luckily I'm uh, part of his management team as well so I work quite closely with him and that's another a great person to uh, have backing you uh, the whole way 
Yeah, and obviously from London 2012, those guys were at London. Then you obviously stayed with the amateur setup, ended up going to Rio. I mean, I imagine that is obviously the four-year cycle. It's such a lot of hard work. Just tell us about what it was like when you when you qualified for Rio and how, how it felt to be able to go out there and represent Great Britain at Olympic Games, I guess is what everyone dreams of really in a sporting sense overall. It was a tough, a, a tough process. Um, to be honest, believe it or not, me, I think it was me and Joe Cordina, we were actually named, we were on, we were on this team called the Olympic Ambitions Team. Um, and each sport of the Olympics sent um, a set two or three boxers who they believed would go, to, would go to the next Olympics. So we were lucky enough to actually go to, to the London Olympics and go watch and go see the setup as well, which was great. And, uh, yeah, obviously the four years after that were were, were tough, um, highs and lows. You can only, you can only imagine the mental torture, <laughs> let alone the physical we went through. Yeah. But um, yeah, we made it. Me, me and Joe, Cody, you know, we both made it to the Olympics. Um, didn't go the best due to injuries, but you know it was always it was always going to be a great learning experience either way. And um, yeah, it was an un- unbelievable experience. Would have loved to medal, obviously, as as you can imagine. But I know it just wasn't really meant to be, and the way it all went down with the injuries and stuff, um, it was just like, it was just the way the way it was going to go. Yeah, and what was it like in that team at Rio? I mean, obviously you go to the Olympic Village. I think everyone sort of wonders what life's like in there. Was it a, a pretty tight knit bunch of guys? You had obviously you know yourself, Joe Cordina, Joshua Boatsi, some great fighters. There. What what was the atmosphere like in the team? What are your sort of what are your memories of Rio? Not just in the ring, but but outside as well. The atmosphere, I spe- multi-sport games in general, the atmosphere is unbelievable because you've seen all the other sports. People like you, you, you might have seen on TV, you know, just walking around, a part of the, the part of the team, and you're part of that team, and it's, it's, it's great to see. But yeah, obviously with with the team like me, Joshua Boatsi, Cordina, um, Fowler, Galal, all, all all these lads, we're all like a family anyway. We're all a very close-knit team, so it was great to have the experiences with them as well as have the Olympic experience in general because, like I say, that we as a team came together very well, and uh, we were always a very very close team. The same way we are now, like for example, Boatsi, Coley, Fowler, Colin, we still we still we're still on the phone to each other, and I believe that there's a whole um, tight tight knit family, boxing family that we were. I believe that'll be that'll be that way forever. Yeah, and obviously you see, you know, the the Olympians, like you see the amateurs all the time, that standout amateurs that turn over, go professional, and you've got some, obviously, like we mentioned, Luke Campbell, Anthony Joshua, who go on to become sort of superstars, and then you have some that just, I don't know, never quite take to the pro game, and, and it never quite, you know, they never quite live up to what they did in the amateurs. I mean, why do you, now you've turned professional, why do you think that is, and, and do you sort of learn any lessons from, from some of the guys that maybe haven't, you know, lived up to what they were hoping for when they turned professional? See with the pro game, it's it's tough because the rounds. First of all, you do more rounds, tougher fights, more physical, and you you have to adjust to it. Um, and yeah, like I said, some people don't. Some people might have been unbelievable talents in 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 the amateur game because of three rounds. Some want to work hard. That's where you've got to be that fight where, like I said before, I've always been that guy who's first in the gym and last out. That's just the way I am, and uh, I'm willing to put in the work to be able to do 10, 12 rounds at, at, at a pace that I want to go at, not at a pace that my opponent wants to go at. Um, and I'm willing to put the hard work into that. Reason. And another thing is, with the last um, four years as an amateur, 
another great thing was WSB, which was like semi-professional. You're doing five rounds rather than three against some of the best in the world. And that's some that that experience there is something that you you can't you can't you can't buy. It was an unbelievable experience and set us up pretty well for for, for the program. Are there any habits that you've maybe found a bit bit tricky to get out of? I know you sort of there is a bit of a different style. Are there any, any habits that you know you found a little bit little bit hard as you've you've gone through it to get out of them? And it's took a, took a while, maybe longer than you expected. Or I've always believed that to be the best fighter, you've got to take what you've got and you add things on. But you well, you don't change what what's got you where you are. Um, and I'm I'm a firm believer of that. And uh, habits wise, it's tough in terms of just slowing things down a little bit and not not so much going at a slow pace but knowing when to just for that split second maybe slow your feet a little bit or use use your defence a little bit and be confident in close whereas in the amateurs it's all very erratic and it's very boom 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 go away go away come, come in again and again and again and again whereas now it's a bit more relax breathe look for your openings take your time you've got 10-12 rounds you know um, but it does take a bit of time and I believe especially me and the rest of the Olympians we kind of we're still learning on the job reason being we get pushed pretty fast my last four fights have been against people with records like 16 and 1 18 and 1 15 and 3 records like that and I've, 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 I've already boxed kids who are boxed world champions and I've only had nine fights so a lot of those Olympians are still learning on the job but we're more than capable of, of still succeeding because of the pedigree we have from the amateurs and uh, the hard work we're willing to put in. Yeah, you mentioned the last few fights. Obviously, you recently had that, that first setback, that first professional defeat. I mean, had a little bit of time to reflect. Now, what, what do you learn from, from any experience like that, a fight like that? So, going back to that fight, it was it's a bit of a pill to swallow, to be honest, because it was just... On the night, I feel like just nothing went right for me. For, for what is it? Yeah, um, it was just one of those nights. And yeah, I've had a bit. I've, I've had a long time off um, since my last fight, and then it was a bit of ring rust as well. But all I can say in terms of that fight, personally, is I didn't agree with it with the second knockdown, and that is what what lost me the fight and changed the fight really. And but on the night, listen, the kids who are boxed, you can't knock what you, you can't knock him. He did, he did what he had to do. Whether I think I won the fight or not. That can't be changed now, and that's the way I see it, and that's the way I'm I'm moving forward from it. So I can't knock what he did. Congratulations to the kid. Um, it's about how I come back from it now, and how I show how great I am. Like, say, whether I won the fight or not, in my eyes, I've on on the score on on the scorecards, I lost. So now I move on. And but make make no mistake, I do believe I am. I I, I was the, clearly the better fighter. But that second knockdown, you know, messed up uh, the fight for me. And he had his lucky moments due to that. That was a lucky night for him. But I'm going to move forwards, uh, put that performance behind, behind me and make it known that I want the rematch uh, to, you know, right the wrongs. And uh, I, firmly, I do firmly believe that I'm the better fighter. and I'm a firm believer in God as well and that it just wasn't meant to be on the night. Um, God's got the... the, the the best plan for me and um, that's the way I move forward and that's the way I see it in my head now but yeah like I say I want the rematch um, as soon as possible um, to, to right the wrong but credit where it's due he did, he did what he had to do
Yeah, and you mentioned there sort of you being a believer in God and you posted something similar about that the day after the fight. I just wanted to ask you, you know, what? just tell us a little bit about the role that faith has in, in your life and your boxing career as well, because I know, you, as you say, you're a big believer. So, obviously, being a Muslim, I'm, I'm a huge believer. Um, and like I say, on the, the, the night of the fight, like I say, I just believe that what's meant to be is meant to be. And what we believe as Muslims is, if it's meant for you, it won't pass you, even if it's beneath two mountains. But if it's not meant for you, you won't reach it, even if it's under your lips. And that's kind of kind of a quote from from the Quran as well. And uh, that's just what I have to firmly believe. And that's the way I, I, I see it. I, I am a, 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 a devout Muslim. I'm a firm believer in, in, in a land. That's what's, what gets me through these hard times. And... Like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to work. I'm willing to prove myself. And uh, I believe that God is the best of planners. And like I said, I said on that post, I believe God is the best of planners and God will and he has, he has a better plan for me. Yeah, and I guess in a, in a boxing sense, especially in modern boxing, there's so much focus on that sort of undefeated record. I guess losing that zero, is that probably going to be, you know, the toughest one to take in terms of trying to take the positives and learn from it and, and try and, you know ignore the fact that uh, I imagine the first reaction is losing that zero it feels sort of like the end of the world and then you actually break it down look at the positives and stuff and there is a lot you can learn from it is that is that kind of the way you, you, way you approach it I mean this will probably be the toughest one but but you can take a lot from it yeah. you know what it is I, I keep getting this right but in my head I'm thinking I don't care if it's one or if it's freaking I never want another one you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> so that's just the way I see it but yeah you, you've got to understand that like so a friend, said, a friend said this to me the other day, that you want to be the best role model, don't you? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. I've always wanted to be the best, best role model. And he goes, do you believe the best role model is someone who, um, in, in boxing terms, who wins all his fights, does amazing, makes all his dreams come true, and that's it? And I was like, what are you getting at? <laughs> I was thinking, what are you getting at? And he goes... You know the best role, who the, the best role models are, even in history. When you when you when you look back, the people that go through adversity, go through hard times, and still pull through and show what they're made of, they're the best role models. And he goes, "That's what I believe you're going to be." And you know, this is a minor setback for, for a major comeback, like 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 they say. And he goes, "You will still be successful, uh, God willing, um, but you just got to work work your ass off and." prove to everyone and show everyone that you are that, that that great role model that you want to be. Yeah, you mentioned wanting to be a great role model. Who were the ones for you growing up? Who did you sort of, who were the role models you looked to when you were, when you were a kid coming through the ranks? So I was talking to them about it before. I must be when I was about 14, um, Amir Khan was just going to Olympics. I think I was about 14, maybe even younger to be honest, maybe like 12. Um, and I remember going to the boxing gym and on the side of the ring, they had the boxing news open. Um, and with Amir being the only boxer who was going to the Olympics, they had all the athletes behind him and Amir in the middle. Um, and he was the focus. Because it was in the boxing news, he was the focus yeah. because he was the sole boxing representative. And um, from then, from that day onwards, my coach said to me, if he can do it, he lives in Bolton. You're from Leeds. He's from Bolton. It's not even an hour away. If he can get to the Olympics, why can't you? And that was when I was a Muslim, about 11, 12 years old. And that's something that always stuck in my head and made me think, you know what? If he can do it, why can't I? 
And that was great motivation. That made him straight away from that point. Because I'd never heard him before then. Yeah. Um, before that moment. And that was my, like, he was, he was a huge role model in that sense for me. Um, just to say, listen, he can do it, why can't I? And at the same time, like you say, when you look at his uh, career as well, he had his setbacks. He had that uh, loss to uh, Prescott. Um, so he lost, and it was a Commonwealth level, I think it was, which is probably around the same level, level I'm at right now. But he still came back, and he made it to the top. He won, won more titles. And again, obviously, he him quite really well as well. That helped in many ways. That gives me huge motivation. Things that's look at what he's done and through that adversity. He's had his times, he's had his losses, but he's never given up, and that's why he is the name and how successful he is today. And that's again, that's a huge motivation. Uh, he's definitely for the because he's the same. But apart from that, you know, Muhammad Ali, for the obvious reasons, I'm sure you get that a lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, my, my, my favourite fighters in terms of styles have always been people like Panel Whitaker or Sugar Ray Leonard and Roy Jones Jr. They've been my favourite sort of fighters um, when, when it comes to come to fighters. But like I say, in terms of role model, just because of the similarities and the same background, it's definitely been the mere kind in many ways. Yeah, it's interesting. I spoke to Hamza Shiraz a couple of days ago, actually, and he was saying pretty much identical things about Amir Khan when he was growing up. And I guess for how important do you think it is, you know, from people of, well, every background, but from your background, how important is it then to you? You mentioned as well earlier being a role model. It sounds like, you know, you want to have a similar impact in a way in terms of, you know, that next generation of kids from from similar backgrounds to yourself to try, try and inspire them to, to get into boxing and, you know, have a similar impact in your community a bit like a bit like Amira's? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's not really just about getting into the boxing for me. It's just, it's just about following your dreams. Because there's this thing in, in, in our community sometimes where you might be afraid to follow your dream because you've not, someone else might not have done it before or you want to do the standard thing like be a doctor or you're being pressured, in, pressured into being something that maybe isn't your dream but maybe your parents' dreams. Uh, but I've, like I say, you just got to follow your own dreams. End of the day, if you if you if you're getting forced into doing something, you're not going to do it 100. percent That's 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 my take on it, and that's why me being a boxer, it was something that was out of the ordinary. And like I said before, me Khan, in our background, there was nobody, so I kind of started boxing. Me Khan kind of was there as as I'd already started, but he kind of paved the way for a lot of people to believe in the, the dreams and just to realise that, you know what, it could be boxing, it could be football, it could be anything. It could be, it could be being a doctor, it could be being whatever you want. But if you put the hard work in, whether you're British, Pakistani, African, whatever background, as long as you put that work in, the dreams are there to, 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 to be chased and to catch. Yeah, I guess boxing's a pretty small world as well, tight community. I guess you've had the chance to, since growing up, meet, meet Amir Khan and, and, you know, get to know him a little bit on a personal level as well, I guess. Yeah, so Amir's obviously, over the years, must have been since I was around 17, 18, was the first time I think I met him. But he's always been great, knowing that I'm, you know, coming up in, in, in the sporting world the same way he has. 
and knowing that um, I have huge ambitions, he's he's always been the type. He's he's been a phone call away, and uh, I've always appreciated that. And he's always been there if I ever need him as a mentor, if I need any help. He's always been there to to, to help me out. He's like he's whenever I need him, I've, I've I've just had to pick up the phone, and I've always appreciated that from him. And you mentioned the dreams, following your dreams. I mean. At this stage, what what is the overriding dream? You know, say in twenty years, you're looking back on your career. What what do you hope to look back and say you've achieved? What what's the dream for, for yourself? I like I say, I'm one of those people. If I do something, I do it hundred percent, and I don't do. Like for example, some people might turn turn pro and they'll have the limit themselves, where they'll say, "Oh, I just want, I just want to win this title." That's all. But that's just not me. It's not the way. I've been brought up. I've been brought up to do everything 110. percent And my dreams in terms of boxing would be to, to be world champion. And not just one belt. I want as many belts as possible, many weights as possible. I want to be in a bath panelist. You you name it. That they are my ambitions. And uh, I wouldn't be true to myself if, if I didn't have those ambitions. And that's what I'm striving for. And with that, I want to be successful. And you know, I've got I've I've got. A kid now. I've got a wife. I want to be and I want to be successful for them and my family, and to be able to provide for them and give them the best best life possible. And does that change your perspective a bit as well, becoming a father? Yeah, definitely in many ways. Um, everything's for him now. It's it's obviously before it was kind of like yeah, I want to do this for myself or maybe even for my family, but it's just it's a different sort of love when you have your first first child and. Like I say, when, I, when, when I'm in there fighting now, it's it's all about him. When I'm in training, weirdly enough, training's getting harder. But when I think of him, it makes it all worth it, you know? And uh, that's something that I'm sure all parents will be able to um, understand. And that's that's my, my, my driving force and my motivation now to be successful for my son. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure you will do even after the, the recent setback. Thank you very much, Kez. I really appreciate it. It's been great to talk to you and um, yeah, really enjoyed it.